0: Welcome to the Nobilia.org Self-Discovery Podcast. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Anna Glambotskaya. Anna is a transformational life coach and creator of Upgradable. Welcome, Anna. Let me say that again. Creator of Upgradable. It's such a great name. (laughs) Excuse the pun. It's really awesome. That Upgradable, it's a great concept for a project, for a conception, for just in life improvement and as a transformational life coach the word upgradable it's phenomenal it's really cool uh, i love it that's awesome uh let me start by asking you how did you come by that particular name that's just a really awesome word concept name where did that come from how did that come about
1: yeah thank you i'm very happy to be in uh, on your podcast and how did i come to this name actually i believe that uh, we are uh, divine beings and we are deserving to have uh, everything in our life and this name ca- came from the word greatness and i put it up because i believe that we can create greatness in all areas of your life it's like upgrade but not from great but from the word greatness upgrade every area of your life this is my
0: excellent time. excellent so we're going from better to even more better yes exactly. <laughs> i love it i love it i love it good better best we start yeah. from good and we just keep going from there that's fantastic that's a real nice underlying philosophy and that's too i i i find that's very profound for me too personally i don't approach anything in from a life coaching uh, perspective and from the self discovery project from that in the sense that we're fixing anything there's nothing to fix right? Yeah. but you, just because you you can have a wonderful beautiful car it's not broken but it doesn't mean that you can't tweak it and add it and improve it and make it nice and give it a different paint job whatever so just because something you can improve something doesn't mean it's broken and I think from a self improvement point of view this is a profound psychology that's very necessary. And it's really, really refreshing to me that you have this as your psychology in this logic. It's profound because I don't see enough of it, unfortunately. And I think that typical or conventional psychotherapy, it's lacking in that regard because it approaches you from being broken and they're trying to fix you. And now all you end up with is a focus on brokenness, right? Yes, exactly. And yeah, that's no good. Exactly. That's no good. Excellent. All right.
1: So. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, actually, I put it as one of my, uh, uh, the principle of my coaching and I stated my mission as uh, I help everybody who, who wants to be helped and to be supported to remove all those blocks and barriers he has built on the way to his magnificent true self because I really believe that there is nothing to fix in you. There yes. is just to remove all this block that we have built on the way to who we truly are and to live the life we truly want to live.
0: Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It's 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 not about actually adding to us. It's more about removing the nonsense that's in the way that yes. we have to do. It's all inside there. I don't think you can find any person who says they have to learn goodness. Oh, what do you mean? You have to learn goodness, don't you? Want goodness automatically? Don't you know goodness is good? You already know goodness is good. You don't need to learn it. You just have to remove the blocks in the way of being good, right? That's yeah. it. So, and and that's all learned behaviors. So more, it's more unlearning than it is learning for the most part. I, I do also feel there are some sophisticated things to learn, but that's about me today. It's all about you. So, in my interview, Anna. I do interviews a little differently. First of all, I'm not interested in typical things that people ask. Where are you from? What's your favorite color? What kind of pet do you have? What kind of food do you eat? I couldn't care at all about that, and it doesn't really tell me about you, Anna, because those things could just as well apply to your sister. And so what do I know about you? Nothing. Because could, you, you could be a serial killer and like the particular movies you like or eat the same food. It still doesn't tell me anything about you. What I am interested in. And what is important, and I feel this is something that's actually vitally important when it comes to issues in life. When we meet new people, it's important to approach from this angle. I want to know what your character is about. In other words, I want to know what matters to Anna. What is important to Anna? What is significant to Anna? What motivates Anna? What keeps you going? What you really want to do? And when I say motivate, not I'm motivated to go to the movies yeah that's fun and games but motivated in your life what gives you purpose in your life this is what i want to know about right now just for those listeners i asked anna before the interview to prepare a question for me and there's a logic to this also because through this question and i hope she made more than one but even just the one question It does tell us about Anna because obviously this is a question that she's given some thought to and that she's pre-prepared and that by implication is going to reveal some of Anna to us. Am I right, Anna?
1: Absolutely. So,
0: So the question is, we're going to now know more about you because this is something that is in some way important to you. Not necessarily personally, but it may be something that's connected to your clients and it's something that you'd like to share and get more perspective on because I suspect, and just from the little I know of you, that you serving your clients is of utmost importance to you. And you're always looking to improve yourself how you can best serve your clients. Am I right?
1: Yes, absolutely. All right,
0: so let's hear your question. I'm most eager to hear the question.
1: Yeah. Well, I was... uh try and find uh, what really interests me and then uh, I caught myself, of course relationships because I believe everything in this life is about uh, relationship, relationship to self first of all, relationship to uh, your business, relationship to your parents and of course like your loving relationships and what I found it's uh, uh, like everybody interested in relationships nobody is not truly happy in life if they're not loved and they if they don't love and i think that relationships as well is the best place of self-discovery and of our evolution and of our growth so the question i have prepared for you uh, i have uh, seen uh, on your website a quote which i really liked uh, and um, the quote was about um No expectations, no obligations, and the closer we come to this, the greater we become our relationships. And why I have chosen this question? I feel today like the paradigm of the relationship that we have today, when everybody is just trying to satisfy his personal needs, does not work. These relationships often fail. And I want to talk about like the principles of the conscious relationships. And uh, like what did you mean by this quote?
0: Ah, brilliant. You know, you, you, you picked the absolute perfect quote when you were saying about how important relationships are in life. And that we have relationships to everything, to each other, to ourselves, to the world, to nature, to life itself. We have a relationship to everything. That particular quote is my number one rule for relationships. Mm -hmm. That's my quote. When I say no expectations, no obligations, it's my number one rule for relationships. The reason I love that so particularly for relationships is because if we're in a relationship, anytime we have expectations, we put pressure on the other person right? And not only put pressure on them, but we put pressure on ourselves. And if we don't get those expectations met, then it leads to disappointment, it leads to upsetness, it leads to problems. Not only that, it's not so much that we shouldn't have expectations or should, but it's an energy deal. We limit the other person when we have expectations. If I expect you to be always smiling and you don't smile, okay, I might be a bit put out. But what does it do for you even if you do smile? That's all you're doing. You're just walking around with a smile all the time. You can't ever be serious. You can't ever be sincere. You can't ever be whatever mood you like to be, right? And there's a whole range of moods. So expectations box us. They limit us and they narrow us. When it comes to self-discovery, self-discovery is also self-exploration, right? And for that, we need to be unboxed. We need to be free. The same exact thing goes with obligations. When I have an obligation and I feel obligated to behave in a certain way, and I do not meet those obligations from you in our relationship, what does this then do to me? Never mind your disappointment in the obligations. For me, from the other side, you have an obligation and I don't meet that obligation. Now I feel guilty about that. And as a result, if that happens enough times, I actually don't want to be in the relationship anymore. Why? Because I just feel guilty all the time. I've seen this many times, for instance, in gaming, where you have uh, members of a guild or a group, right? And some some uh, they, they 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 group obligations or guild obligations, and everybody's supposed to do their part, and they've got little tasks. But people can't keep up with it. They have busy stuff, and they you know got husband aggro or wife aggro that keeps them from playing enough. And so they don't meet those obligations. They feel guilty, and eventually they quit the group. Happens every time. It's just like clockwork. So I tried this, actually, specifically. I ran a group, a guild, and the rule was no expectations, no obligations. And you could do whatever you like. It didn't matter. If you wanted to do it, you did it. If not, you didn't. That was it. And it worked like a charm. We had very low turnover in membership. It was incredible. I mean, we were almost non-existent membership turnover. When there was, it was appropriate. So it's very powerful. And the reason for that in the relationships is that freedom to be whoever you want. Now, there's one more step to this. When we were children and you had a relationship with your best friend or even with your siblings, right? How often didn't you change your way of being? regularly right you tried you were all like one day you were all kind of full of yourself and you're walking around all tough and you know the next day you were kind of like cautious and shy and or maybe mysterious and secretive or whatever the vibe was right you tried different ways of being that was tremendous fun and it was really great why did we stop doing that there's no reason why we stopped doing that none whatsoever right Yeah. All right, maybe maybe there's a consistency issue, like I can't always do that at work maybe. But in my private relationship at home, surely I can change and be differently on a different day. That's where no expectations and no obligations come in. That's really profound in giving you that freedom to explore and be and do whatever it is you wish in a relationship. And you have too. When you have that, there's another profound reason. Sorry, this is a deep question you've asked me, and it's really profound, but one more point. That's very important. If I say to you, Anna, in our relationship, I have no expectations and no obligations from you, but we are in a relationship, whatever the relationship may be, business, you know, in, in, in co-hosting, whatever the nature of the relationship, even a personal relationship, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If I say that to you by implication, the fact that I am saying, yes, we are also in a relationship, but with no explanation, no expectations and no obligations, I'm saying, Anna, I trust you. Yeah. I have to trust you, right? Because I have no expectations. The moment I set expectations and obligations, I'm saying, I'm not trusting you to really be sensible. I'm not trusting you to be sober. I'm not trusting you to be impeccable. How does that work in a relationship? I'm not trusting your intent to be good. When I have no expectations and no obligations, saying I'm gonna trust you to do what's right, to be sensible, to be impeccable, to be good. Whatever you do, it's good by me. Why? Because I know. That you are coming from a good intent, right? Your intent as a person, you have an intent to goodness. So whatever you're going to be doing, no matter how much I may not understand it in the moment, it's going to be rooted in that good, powerful, positive, good, loving, kind, generous intent yeah, and impeccable intent. That is what I'm trusting. So you can do whatever you like, and I know even if I don't understand it or if it may seem a bit weird or peculiar to me, I know you're coming from a good place. I don't have any other expectations because this is what I trust and this is what I know. How is that not a phenomenally powerful good basis for any relationship?
1: Yeah, I I absolutely love what you just shared with me. And I as well believe like one of the biggest uh, most important principles of the conscious relationships is growth i think we yes. enter the relationship just to order to grow as personalities like or, uh, but yes. as well, like in a couple and this should be the primary i don't like the word should be but uh, th- yes. this is primary goal of the right. relationships because then you have this Freedom, you know, like that, that you can grow, and you support yes, it. Exactly. Even if one day you realize that you haven't grown the relationship, and you need to separate because you you're on the different paths. But this gives like lots of freedom for us, and you put out of the equation all these op- expectations and obligations, and then you can yeah. have this like follow your soul. Because very often we just start losing each other in the relationship and we forget about uh, the mission of our soul right because because uh, another person is expecting something from us and we are afraid of losing the love of another person exactly yeah
0: exactly and that's an expectation and obligation which is limiting and that's no good at all it's just no good at all exactly we need that freedom to pursue our true selves and our true purpose and our true intent and this is the key for the relationships and why that is so important. People look to for relationships and, and what they are, are, are looking at when they, they meet somebody new, they want somebody who's similar to them, right? Uh, like the same movies, like the same music, etc. And then all that stuff means absolutely nothing. Like I said, I could like the same movies as a serial killer, but I don't want to be in a relationship with them because they don't have the same values as me. What's important to them, for me, life is important. The sacredness of life is important. Loving is important. Kindness is important. Caring is important. Sobriety is important. Impeccability is important. None of those are important to the serial killer. But we could like all of the same things, right? And even have the same favorite things. So that's a totally ridiculous way to approach somebody. And it's the difference between personality and character. We could have similar personalities. But if our character doesn't mesh, if that can't work together, there's no hope for the relationship. I have a dear, dear friend, my best ever friend. We've been friends all our adult lives, and we've had many adventures together. We like none of the same things. We don't like the same movies, the same music, the same food, nothing. Yet we have the same deep values. Our goal in life, our purpose, our intent to goodness, our way of impeccability, what matters to us. For instance, being impeccable, this matters to both of us. And this is where the friendship is. That is what is the bond. And that is stronger than anything when you have a similar purpose in life. What's meaningful to you? What's significant? What's important? And this is why, this is what I want to know from you. What is meaningful to you? What is important to you? What is your purpose? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve? What matters to you? Those things tell us really about somebody. Not, what stuff you like or don't like, you know, There's, like your favorite stuff and that. And that changes too. I can't honestly tell you what my favorites are because I don't have things. Because, you know, if I choose a favorite, doesn't that by implication say that I don't really like everything else. I like everything. <laughs> I can't pick a favorite, right? It's like your children, you can't really pick favorites. So in that sense, you were saying what matters to you is, you, you said, well, love matters to you. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. All right. What else? But uh, like, as I shared uh, a little bit of my purpose, you know, like I put it as my purpose to help people really remove all these blocks they have built on the way to their most magnificent selves. But what I have noticed as well, you know, like lots of coaches out there are just trying to save the world. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's a kind of, it's a bit, um if you're trying to save the world, you are going outside and there's something inside of you which is not enough you don't have enough of this self love towards yourself and then you go and you're just trying to do something externally to feel enough what i have noticed is just better to not better but it's what is working maybe more just to work on yourself and then you become a product you have this energy you share them with people with people and you're going through um, all lots of stuff like you in, in, through this self-discovery and then you share with people and then you're becoming so valuable for other people because you went through other things through all these things and you can really share what worked for yes. you so that's why I think, like I, I just want to share with people uh, what I'm going through and share with them, like all the tools, techniques uh, to help them to live uh, a great right. life. Right.
0: Oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! It's powerful, and it connects to something which is, for me, a deep philosophy. In this, that I don't care for the helping mindset, you know, and I put usually put helping in inverted commas. Because typically that kind of helping mindset is, yes, people say, oh, I want to help. But what they really mean is, oh, I think I'm wonderful and I've got all the answers and I'm going to tell you how to live. How in the possibly could I tell you how to live? No matter how wonderful and how many answers I might have, I don't know precisely what is applicable for you as an individual. Only you can decide that. So what I can do, is I can share a range of tools with you. I can share a range of experiences with you. I can share what I believe is appropriate to you. And then you select and choose what is useful to you. Now, I'm paraphrasing really what I feel you said that you do the same thing. You share what you found useful. You've shared what you've seen useful in your clients and the different clients, and you match it to the client a little bit. Yes, you narrow that field of sharing. You don't give them a thousand options, but you give them at least options which are appropriate for them, and they choose from that. But they decide, because if they're not the ones that are building themselves, n- nothing's going to happen, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely agree with that. And I believe like every soul has his... Uh has its own path, and uh, if this person is choosing to be in this low frequency during this lifetime, okay, it's he. I, I, we need to give to people, leave their choice. And sometimes I think yes. we interfere too much. And it's not that yes. uh, they are not okay. It's more we are not okay with them being this way. And yes. I don't want yes. more to interfere with people. You know, yes. if he's coming to me, I will share what I went through and I will help him. I will give wow. him all these tools, but I will, don't want to interfere with everybody's journey. Exactly. So, so for me, uh, again, I, I, I you you bring
0: up concepts which i utilize but i'm going to s- express them as paraphrasing what i think you say or just uh, saying what you're saying but in my own words so i'm doing this for two reasons i'm sharing a similar philosophy from me but also i'm checking my understanding with you so i'm feeding back to you what you just said in my own words so that i can make sure i've understood you precisely so I take what you just said and I I put it in the context of when we're dealing with a client or with another in the context of life coaching or a workshop, I see our task and purpose. And from what you were saying, both of us now, because it coincides with mine, is to make the person comfortable and aware of precisely they are on the effort reward circle and effort reward it's always a balance it's always a trade-off and there's no better or worse that's why it's the effort reward circle right so if i feel for me as an individual that making all this effort to learn and improve i don't see there's any rewards to it and i don't care it doesn't motivate me doesn't interest me i'm happy as i am and i don't feel the effort is worth it so i don't do anything likewise i could say well, I see the guys training for the Olympics, and okay, they get a big medal, and man, but that's a lot of effort to get that medal. That doesn't interest me at all. That that's way too much effort for the reward. There's totally no interest. So I'm comfortable with it. I'm happy with that. I've no, I don't feel guilty because I'm not getting an Olympic medal. And the likewise, though, our, our clients and many people in life, they haven't found that balance in the fact of their effort reward. They think they should, and should is the evil word. I try never to use the word should, and I always put it in inverted commas because it's really evil. They think they should be this, and they should be that, and they should be making more effort. No, not at all. It's they, you, Anna. You help them find that balance between effort and reward where they are happy doing enough for the rewards that they think are worth it to them. Yeah? Does yes. that make sense?
1: Yes. Yeah, right. absolutely
0: so yeah. so we're not saying you must live the way i think you should live no not at all you must live the way you think you should live but not only that you need to be comfortable and happy with that decision and realize that there's no should involved it's up to you it's your personal choice wherever you are that effort reward that's up to you right
1: yeah because i believe like the truth and alignment is different for everybody. And for me, living ten or living one hundred percent in different areas of my life will be different than what it is for you, for example, for somebody else. So okay. that's why the person needs okay. to decide for him. That's why I think like sometimes it's more like society dictates us, and yes. people become victim of that. Like I want wow. to have a one million dollar. Yeah, if <laughs> you don't want to, like really. Wow very often we come to this point and then like and what we are still not happy you know like right. maybe looking exactly. for different in your life
0: yes and, and and again to feed that back to you in in my language i would say we you anna you help your clients find independence of being yeah which is that independence of being they unhook from the conventions and society and they find what is of importance to them personally what matters to them what's meaningful to them and what gives them purpose even if they find purpose in being a fan just or a consumer doing nothing that's it that's that's what they like doing that's their life path that's cool there's nothing that says one life path is better than another you know all we don't all have to be mother Teresa. we need fans in the world we need consumers we need people who don't do anything Because they exist and they add to life. Because they consume, they provide joy, they fans, whatever they do, doesn't matter. It's part of life. So everybody provides value, even if you think you're doing nothing, you provide value. And our task is to make people comfortable with their choices, right?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's really huge. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and like my ideas as well to give them this uh, to become the sovereign beings, you know. And when I try to work with people, when I work with people, it's uh, I don't want them to be dependent on me. I want them to give tools and everything, and they can can come back to me and uh, tell me, share what's going on with them. But I don't want them to be dependent on me because they need to become. They need to use these tools and. To choose what is the best for them, which is working
0: for them. Right, that's fantastic, and I like your terminology. I use "independence of being," uh, mm-hmm. but you say "sovereign being." It, it, and and I find our terminology is very important, and you know, to help our clients also to develop their own terminology, whichever word works for them. You know what I mean? So it's, I, I it's very powerful the terminology. I really like that term "sovereign being." That's very, very powerful because we are, we are sovereign beings, and to. Get your client, the individual, to get them to feel comfortable and happy and joyful and and empowered with their own sovereign beingness. That's really powerful. And that issue that you said about not having them dependent on you, that's huge. That's huge. I I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. It's such a big deal because not only is it something which is beneficial for the client, but it's an act of of integrity. You, how can you do be in a relationship where you're making somebody dependent on you? You're not helping them. You're doing the worst possible thing for them. And I think, in for instance, like in some of the psychotherapy relationships, that happens. People spend decades there, and to what end? You know, it's no good. So, yeah, if you're not helping your your client to get to independence or being. Then you're not you're not in the in the right business and and you're not doing your client a service that's that's really huge and powerful and and also there's one more thing in my language what I think what you're doing as I see to me that's an act of nobility
1: mm. is it not yes yeah absolutely it's it's, it's, it's
0: yes. noble because you don't need to do it it's a gift it's a, it's pure goodness it's going over and above yes, you could you know continue a relationship with your client for a long time but no when you're looking to get to them to be have spent as little time with you as possible not as much it's counterproductive for you as an individual In it's not really counterproductive it's only counterproductive in the short term not in the longer term but Many people think that way. And when they realize that, hey, whoa, wait a minute, Anna does not think in this way. She's not in this just to grab for herself and to suck me dry. No, she's looking actually to do something which is going to help me, to help myself, to benefit myself and get where I need to be. Wow, that's really huge. Absolutely. So, you know, that's really powerful. And, and it goes back to that trust in the relationship. See, no expectations yeah. and no obligations. So when you come, they're trusting you and you're setting aside these typical expectations and obligations. Oh, I'm doing something differently. I'm going to try and get you to where you need to get as soon as possible. You know, and of course, you can't rush it too quickly because if you don't go too fast, you only get stuff on the surface, right? You don't, it doesn't yeah. get taken right inside. So that's important too. But it's about integrity and impeccability, no? Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: Ah, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. Oh, go Should ahead. Yeah, shall we go back a little bit as well to relationships? You know, like yes, to, yes, just to discuss like about this conscious because I think it's something which like people can benefit a lot from that. Yes. And maybe I can share with you, and then you can share with me. It's like what I have learned on uh, on my journey, like about all the relationships. So I believe that all the relationships and uh, like especially like intimate, but not only it's just about the relationship. There are two components. A relationship to self and relationship to relationship and it's like the formula it's how i see it. because like relationship to self it's about how do you relate to yourself how much do you love yourself how much do you respect yourself and this is the degree another one will be related to you this is a degree he will love you and relationship to relationship i think this is as well very important aspect it's like What are your beliefs about the relationships? I always ask people, like, what is your belief about the relationship? And very often we inherit this uh, image from our parents. And it becomes our subconscious programs because I have been struggling all my life with this freedom aspect. For me, it was always, oh, if I'm in a relationship, then I need my freedom. In a way like I, I I will not be able to do the things I love doing, I will not I will be have to sacrifice my patience, my interest, <laughs> this wow. kind of things. And for many people they even seem like relationship is hard, relationship is like it's commitment, obligations, it's end of life life. <laughs> and this is but what is happening I feel like when we believe uh, something when we have certain beliefs right we will go outside and we will try to prove that this is true our mind is working in that way yes. and we ourselves we start behaving in a way so that we confirm our own beliefs you know yes. like yes. It's not yes. not, and th- my partner is asking me to stop doing the things i like i stop them because i feel guilty inside that mm-hmm. i'm doing and i'm spending this time doing the things i mm-hmm. love and this—it's—it's it's our own commitments in the relationship, what we're struggling, yeah.
0: Oh, that's huge! What you're saying—it's—it's—it's—you it, know—the confirmation bias is really the, the sort of the, the issue at hand here. When we believe something, we see it, and then that we get it confirmed, and because we're biased towards that confirmation, that now proves our belief in the first place. But if our belief is false we end up proving a false belief because we only select those proofs from the world. So what you're saying, again, I'm I'm, I'm repeating back what you're saying in my own words so that I make sure that I'm fully understanding what you said.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, when we do that, we have to really look at what our actual beliefs are in the first place so that we don't end up proving these false beliefs to us or beliefs that aren't worth anything. And yes, if we have... Irrational or illogical or convoluted or cockeyed beliefs about the relationship itself. In other words, that a relationship is something which reduces our freedom. That's no good at all. Instead of a relationship being something that adds to your freedom, right? All relationships enhance your freedom. Why? Why do they enhance your freedom?
1: Why relationships enhance
0: my freedom? Yeah, or add to your freedom. Uh, Why is it not a restriction? (laughs) What's that?
1: Good question. It's a good question. I never heard about that, actually. Why it increases my
0: freedom? Okay, um, I, I can give you a suggestion, if you want. Yes, say, it A relationship enhances or adds to our freedom because you plus me together, when we collaborate, right? Mm-hmm. And collaboration is truly what a relationship is. It's not just cooperation, but collaboration, which is collaboration is going even further than cooperation we're working together because we want to we're adding to each other we're leveraging of each other what you say i take and i build on that and you build on what i say in turn and and so we keep building with that collaboration right so we take i take me you take you we collaborate and we add the two together what do we get we get a third thing that's Mm -hmm. bigger than the two of us put together that's more than the two of us together, right? So our relationship, thus, is more than you and me separately, correct? Mm-hmm. yeah, so if we take one and one, we don't get two. Our relationship is four, six, ten a hundred thousand, whatever. it's way more than I can be on my own. the relationship. you see the freedom of that yeah. because I'm empowered now, not only empowered, I'm enlarged, I'm expanded, I'm added to, I'm leveraged, I'm motivated. I can't get that motivation on my own without the relationship necessarily. I could, but it's kind of difficult. As the moment my partner or friend or whoever walks into the room or I'm with them, I'm together, I'm energized, I'm motivated, I'm enthusiastic, right there, my freedom has been expanded because I'm enabled to do more. And isn't that really what freedom is? Freedom is the ability to do more. So relationships increase our ability to do more. Therefore, they add to our freedom, not take away. Ah, of course, if you're in a crappy relationship where you have, you know, poor ideas about the relationship and you have negative preconceptions and biases and all this stuff, well, okay, that's a different story, but good relationships, the relationships that we're talking about, the relationships that you are trying to to create and, and help your clients to be in, those relationships add to their freedom. They expand the people. They empower them, right? They add joy and energy and motivation and a purpose for life and a joy to do things. Like, for instance, uh, like with my friend and Mm -hmm. people that I enjoy being in relationships with. Uh, I have to do something. It's like, uh, I do it on my own. I'm not interested. I don't care how boring it may be. If I do it with somebody that I enjoy being with, oh, now it's fun. Just because I'm with them. So now I'm enabled to do things which I wouldn't otherwise do. So, yeah, relationships are massively, massively empowering and, and hugely expand our freedom. It's really powerful in that sense. Yeah?
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I absolutely love it. But I will add just one ingredient which I think people sometimes miss. It's mm-hmm. about, uh, like, triggering each other. Because I believe, like, relationship is your best opportunity to grow, whether it's with your love, like, intimate relationships or with a friend. And sometimes, like, we enter into the relationship and people have this misconception about the soulmate. They believe, like, if I will find my soulmate, then it will be all, like, roses and perfect, yeah. and I will never be triggered. But it's not true. Actually, if even, like, if you look for the definition of soulmate, to somebody you have a great connection with and who will help you to grow and to evolve. Yes. yes. That yes. means like this will be the person who will trigger you. Who will push yes. your buttons, yes. and you just need to take this responsibility and treat it as a great opportunity to right. go inside and to see why you're triggered. Because I believe, like whenever you're triggered, it's not the other person's stuff; it's always your stuff. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Always, yes. Always. Yes. always. Right. So, again, to to feedback what you're saying, hmm? you. you Your view on the relationships is not that in the ideal relationship is where everything is rosy and wonderful and good. Yes, that is a good space to be in. However, when you look at that from the context of the overall life view context, Mm -hmm. where are you going? Are you in a space where you are so totally where you need to be as a person that you can stop growing and learning? Hell no. I don't care how rosy and, and, and nice your relationship is there's more to learn because there's always more the moment you stop growing is the moment you start dying
1: yes, right? Absolutely. right
0: so a relationship is about growth not just a relationship but the relationship in our, in our personal relationships mm-hmm. but our relationship to life that relationship is all about growth and it's actually all about the growth of our awareness which is the totality of ourselves, the more aware we are, the more we're able to be appropriate in life, the more able we are, the more empowered we are, the more we're able to be joyful, the more we're able to be appreciative, right? Everything comes from awareness. So it's all about awareness, which is how we expand and grow. That's always what we're doing. The more we know, which in other words, the more we're aware of, the more we live, right? And the more we empower, the more we free everything. So Point and purpose of the relationship is to make sure that we're growing. Now, there's two things, like you said, yes, the trigger things and the triggers a growth. However, if we just make one little tweak and say, "Wait a minute, why do I have to wait for that trigger? Why can't I be preemptive and look and anticipate those issues which I need to learn? Then I can learn my lessons nicely. I don't have to learn them." in a stressful way if you're ahead of the curve. The trigger is when you're behind the learning curve and it's like the universe is saying to you, you know, I I sent those lessons to you nicely, but you didn't listen, so here's a smack across the head. Wake up and learn your lesson. That's the trigger point. And, you know, if you really don't listen, like when people get in accidents and stuff like that, inevitably it's because they didn't listen and the universe is like really saying, hey, you need a real kick up that backside here now because you're not learning. But we can shift that around and make a point to learn it. pay attention to the little fine things that kind of okay you know there's something about my partner that bothered me a little bit what's my issue with that how am i being out of sync out of it even if they're being crappy i have to learn to be able to live with that and deal with it and so on so yeah it's all about the learning you know, so yeah. our ideal partner is going to force us to learn yeah
1: force us to learn and it's not necessarily that we need to learn through the pain all the time. Of course we need because if we don't understand it or we don't get to learn through other like through love and everything compassion, then we will need to learn through pain and it's a normal process. But then we can choose to learn through like more
0: pleasant things let's exactly exactly we can get ahead of the curve and that's the point that you're making you're saying that relationships the point and purpose of them is Mm. about growth yes pleasure joy happiness they are massively part of it but they actually come secondary to growth growth comes first so you can choose to take uh, um, pleasure and positivity and joy and appreciation and apply that to learning and enjoy learning and make this the focus of your relationship. When you enjoy learning and you love learning, you're always going to have joy and fun and appreciation in your relationship because that's the deal. You're enjoying learning and it's all about learning. So you're always happy, right? And you're appreciating each other and you're learning from each other. my like, Man, that collaboration, you're building this something that's always growing and it's more and more and more. But when you wait for the learning to kind of come and you're just lazy to learn, well, that's when you're going to get the smacks upside the head, right? It's Mm -hmm. just the way life works. And it's not just in in our relationships. It's with our relationship to life itself. It applies across the board in any field, right? Mm -hmm. Not just in relationships, just the the microcosm of the macrocosm, right?
1: And it's okay as well. I mean, (laughs) if you're on this path and you're learning through, like, life smacking you and… Wow. It's part of the process as well. Did if you, you
0: choose? choose, sure. you sure. choose, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, when it comes to respecting choice, I have to respect your choice to choose to be a knucklehead. Mm. Right? That's your choice. You're free to choose. If that's how you prefer to learn, fine. Some people are like that. They they prefer to learn when they only get the kick. But me personally, I prefer to go after the learning and enjoy the learning and, you know, see the, the magic and the wonder and the mystery of the learning. Oh, just so much excitement there, you know. So you're always on an adventure when you do that, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And
0: if, you, if you, look, you look at your relationship as an adventure, isn't that exciting?
1: It is. Wow, it's the most exciting thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And I'm asking the question because I feel that that is how you see relationships and what you share with your clients to see their relationships as an adventure, right?
1: Yeah, and like the biggest opener for me was like this awareness that whenever you are triggered by somebody, it's it's about your internal world. And if you treat it like, oh, this experience, it's life happening for me, not to me, like this is the greatest opportunity to learn, to grow, to heal something as well inside of yourself, then everything is changing, like your perspective about like the relationships changes completely. And that's why I believe as well, like conscious relationship is about creating a safe place for each other. Because I think like in terms of like healing, we have our traumas from childhood, something has happened. And it's good to have this safe place where we can open the share with like our friend, our partner, yeah. what we feel yeah. inside. And this like really, because when you, when you are safe, feel safe, you can like reprogram your patterns, how the way you react all the time. And this yeah. is where you heal your wounds, your traumas.
0: Wow, that's huge. Yeah, it's a big deal. That, that's really massive. That, that's that's really profound when you think of it that way. And, you know, it, it, it's so it's so deep and it's so huge what you're saying, but it's so simple at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what we really. It's sometimes our task. I feel you feel this way also. It's to actually share what's actually simple and obvious, mm-hmm. right? You know, sometimes people, they, they make it all complicated and they make it a big deal to sound all important and wonderful. But really, our task is actually to communicate that simplicity. Now you think, well, to communicate the simple and obvious is easy. Ah, no, 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 not really. Sometimes that's the most difficult thing is to communicate that simple obviousness, right? Yeah,
1: because like our ego mind uh, uh, thinks in the terms it should be complex. I need yes. to figure this Why? Why? Ever exactly. Exactly.
0: I believe life is simple. <laughs> oh, it's very simple. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about growing and learning. That's it, and having fun and enjoying. And if you like, enjoy learning and growing, well, then life is easy. It's very simple. Yeah. <laughs> all my life, I always said, "Yeah, life is easy." And, you know, I used to have employees once upon a time, and I was like, "What do you mean, life is easy?" And said, of course, life is easy. Living may be difficult, but life itself very easy. Look around you. You got life all around you. Life is easy. So we make living difficult unnecessarily, but life itself very easy. We just make it difficult, yeah? (laughs) like
1: We are so much attached to struggle, you know, like whatever we do, it's like struggle in uh, relationships, in uh Doing your business, and we as like we believe it's like a conscious, um sorry, collective agreement that we Uh, should do it through the struggle. And if something is coming easily into our life, we just refuse it. We push it away. Like if the relationship starts in a a nice way, then and if you had this pattern of struggling in the relationship straight away you have this. Oh, there should be something wrong with it. I want it. Like I'm afraid of this.
0: (laughs) Exactly easy yeah and that's because of that evil should evil uh, should is really an evil word and when we really see and look at should almost always boy it's just no good it really messes us up yeah that whole idea of we should always struggle no just absolute nonsense you know uh, it's not true at all so unhooking from that it doesn't necessarily mean everything is going to be easy either but easy is also relative all right now if you take struggle And you relate it to effort. And you relate easy also to effort. Think of games. You know a game that you're going to go and play, right? You love playing the game. Do you think it's difficult? No, not necessarily. It might be a difficult game to play, but you don't think it's a struggle. You think it's easy because you enjoy doing it, even though you're not sure how. You put massive amounts of energy into playing that game, right? But you enjoy doing it. You don't see it as a stressful thing, as a bother because you want to do it you like doing it you enjoy doing it so it's it's not about the amount of effort that is involved it is your perspective and your relationship to that effort so talking about relationships that's a profound relationship our relationship to effort when we have the relationship of play to effort then we don't mind we make we make every effort in the world but when we have the relationship of of struggle and work to effort, then it becomes painful and stressful and unpleasant, right? So it's all about our relationship, relationship to effort. We need to switch it from play, in other words, make life play in the play the game is, to learn and to grow. That's the game. Now life is easy, right? And we enjoy learning and growing.
1: (laughs) I absolutely love this word, uh, play and playful.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when
1: I discovered it, it uh, changed my life as well because uh, I just got like it, it's It all this life just about playing the game, and what? people make it so serious, you know. I need to get yeah. something, achieve something. Otherwise, it's like, what? oh yeah, life is uh, not as it is supposed to be. But it's it's just play. You're just uh, exactly. store all the experiences what? that are happening. You're just playing with them.
0: Yeah. And for me, it's capital P play. I have a lot of those capital P words, but it's capital P play because you're really taking play to a bigger context and a larger theme and and your whole life is now coming at it from a play point of view. And when you play life, it's, man, it's a completely different aspect. Think of the difference between being lost and being on an adventure. What's the difference?
1: Being lost lost. Lost.
0: Yeah, like lost. Like like you lost in life, but or being on an adventure in life. Yeah. Right. So it's so the, it's yeah. just attitude. I mean when you're on an adventure you enjoy being lost. Yeah. Right? you're making being lost into a game. Yeah. It's play, right? But when you think of lost, oh, I'm lost, I don't know where I am, oh, and you think end of the world and you have a negative attitude, now it becomes stressful and a bother and struggle and all that, right? So the difference between being lost and being on an adventure is just attitude. It's shifting from a struggle mindset to a play mindset, right? I mean, if you look at an adventure movie, you know, uh, Indiana Jones or whatever, he doesn't know what the hell's going on half the time, he doesn't know what's coming at him, but he's enjoying himself. Why? Because it's play to him, he's having fun, yeah? Yeah. He's enjoying being lost, in other words. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. It's like it's a different energy. Like lost, it's a very low frequency, what? And adventure, wow. it's...
0: Uh, I, exactly. exactly. So if we look at our relationship, not as something that we have to work on. You always say, oh, you got to work on yourself. No, hell no. I Don't work on your relationship. Play your relationship. Yeah. Be yeah? on an yeah. adventure. Your relationship's an adventure. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what they're going to do. You never know what's... Go- it's an adventure. It's always exciting. It's always different. And the, the challenge is to deal with whatever comes at you because you're on an adventure. So, you know, if somebody's in a bad mood or they're irritable for no good reason, wow, that's like the monster on the adventure. You've got to deal with it in the best possible way. It doesn't help that you're going to get all bent out of shape because the monster's trying to eat you. Well, that's what monsters do. So, <laughs> your partner's got, they've been invaded by a monster temporarily that's taken them over and they're all upset and stressed and bothered. Okay, fine. you got to deal with a monster which is not your partner the monster is the thing that's temporarily infecting them and invading them and causing them to behave crazy. So it's a different logic, right? But now it makes it really simple. Now I'm not I'm not negative towards my partner. I'm battling the monster in there maybe and dealing with that monster and the challenge is to kind of get the monster out and to soothe the monster and calm them down or whatever. Just a different logic. But it's all play, you know. Now you're having fun and it's all good so you don't take the stuff too seriously. And you have yeah. fun and can deal with things. It's very exciting, right? continued in part 2.